Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Go For It. I am your host, Paul Gannon. For the next two hours, we will be talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And, of course, as always, you will get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion, remember to call 646-727-3070. That's 646-727-3070. You can listen to the show at blogtalkradio.com slash pgan. That's blogtalkradio.com. Slash Pgan, and you can send messages to the show on Twitter at uh, go at go can excuse me. And while you're there on Twitter, give me a follow at go can Great show lined up for you today. Expect to be joined by Hall of Famer Willie Rope, who will talk about all things NFL related. Also, we're going to be joined by new IBF welterweight champion Devin Alexander, who's going to talk about his big victory over Randall Bailey, and what's next for him. What's next for Devin after this? And also, we're going to be joined by one of the best and the, the brightest and the best fans in the NBA, Clipper Darrell, who represents, obviously, the Los Angeles Clippers. And the Clippers are off to a 2-0 start, including an impressive performance against the Lakers last night at Staples Center. They look good. The Clippers look good. Jamal Crawford, who I talked about on this show, Jamal Crawford, 29 big points in game in their first game, and 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 that was a victory against the Grizzlies, and 21 big points against the Lakers to lead the team as well. So he's playing some big-time basketball for the Clippers, and he might be your sixth man of the year award winner this year. He might be that guy, Jamal Crawford, but the Clippers are playing well. I know Clipper Darrell's happy, um, and Clipper Nation is happy. A lot of people are happy. And there are some people who are sad, and I, and I think some of the people that are sad happen to be in Oklahoma City. Um, you look at Oklahoma City now. as They have made the trade last weekend, trading James Harden to the Houston Rockets for Jeremy Lamb, for Kevin Martin, and two future first-round picks. And so ultimately, you know, I mean, three first-round picks, I'm sorry. Uh, that was the trade, and that was the deal. And you look at it, and I said uh, three first rounds. I'm actually saying two first rounds, two first round picks, and that was the trade: Martin Lamb, two first round picks to Oklahoma City for Kevin, not Kevin, for James Harden. And, and James Harden, obviously, this was a move that surprised a lot of people. You knew the reality is, and I talked about this. The reality is, Oklahoma City couldn't keep everybody. They paid Ibaka. Obviously, they paid Durant and Westbrook. And and so you can't pay everybody. My thing, my thing with this whole situation and 
you know, you you look at uh, uh, James Harden. I mean, he was offered four years, fifty-two million dollars. Four years, fifty-two million. He wanted max money, four years, sixty million. But the bottom line is, not only were the Rockets going to give him max money, but they were going to give him that extra year. So essentially, James Harden, if he would have stayed in Oklahoma City, would have been walking away for from $25 million. If he would have stayed in Oklahoma City, he would have walked away from $25 million. Now, now, I don't know anybody in their right mind that will walk away from $25 million. I, I, I don't know too many people that's going to walk away from $25 million. Now you can argue that, yes, $52 million is a lot of money, and it is. You could argue that he's up, he has an opportunity to be a part of a possible dynasty with Oklahoma City. That's legitimate as well. But I will say this, $52 million is a lot. Being a, a part of a winning team and possible dynasty, that's big too. But how many people... How many people that you know would be, and I'd have to say, I'd say foolish, would be foolish to walk away from $25 million? And yes, it's, we all want to be happy, and winning does make you happy, and money makes you happy as well. But as far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm concerned, the way I look at it, this whole thing, the way I look at it, this whole thing, I'm thinking of what Oklahoma City should have done, and this is what I would have done. You are so close to winning a championship. You are this close to winning a championship. You are a possible uh, LeBron James foul, no call, I should say, on Kevin Durant on the baseline from being from being up 2-0 in, this, in that NBA final series. You, you, you were that close, that close from winning a title. That close. You were competitive in Game 3, competitive in Game 4. Game 5 was a blowout, but you were competitive in each and every one of those games except for Game 5. And many had you favored to win that series against the Miami Heat a year ago. You were that close. Now, I'm not saying, obviously, Jeremy Lamb and Kevin Martin. Kevin Martin, and you look at Kevin Martin, he's a scorer. He can score. He gets to the foul line. He can score in this league. Um, And Jeremy Lamb, obviously, the sky's the limit with this guy. He's a guy with a lot of potential. But you are getting two first-round picks, one which could be a lottery pick. So you do make out from that end. But as far as I'm concerned, and it's kind of like the Steven Stroudsburg situation on some level, but you're that close, that close to winning a title. You're that close. There's no guarantee that you'll get back to that point. There's no guarantee that Kevin Durant won't go down from, from, from injury. There's no guarantee with that. There's no guarantee that Russell Westbrook won't get hurt. There's no guarantee with these things. There's no guarantee that any of their key players will stay healthy throughout the course of this 82-game season and into the playoffs. There's no guarantees. So when you have an opportunity to win it and you're that close, I mean, maybe, who knows, maybe you win a championship, and James Harden says, you know what, maybe I'll take that $52, $54 million. I'll take that deal. I'm okay with that. Maybe you do. And the thing about Oklahoma City, a lot of the guys sacrificed to stay there. They sacrificed uh, money to stay there. But as far as I'm concerned, I can't justify, I, I, I can't 
be mad at anybody that walks away from $25 million. And, yes, Houston probably will not be a championship contender anytime soon. But I will say this about the Rockets, and James Harden for that matter. I mean, 37 points debut with 12 assists, and he comes back last night with 45 big points. I mean, this guy is playing off the charts right now and and playing some big-time basketball for the Houston Rockets. He really is. I mean, James Harden has been flat-out balling. And at this point, I guess it's only two games into the season, but after two games, James Harden is the MVP of the the NBA. Excuse me. But, again, it's only two games, and we have 80 more to play. But, again, 45 points is 45 points. 45 big points. And he's been impressive. He's been impressive so far, and he's getting to the lane. He's scoring at a high clip. He's he's getting others involved, and he's playing big-time basketball right now. If the season were to end today and we're only two games in, James Harden would be the MVP. But we've got a lot of basketball to be played, a lot of basketball to be played. But he's playing. He's playing right now. He's getting it done. James Harden is getting it done. Really, it's getting it done right now for the Houston Rockets. And as far as I'm concerned, I mean, you know, you're, you, if you're Oklahoma City, obviously you don't want to get nothing for James Harden. You want to try to get something for him. And that's what they did here. And they probably got the best possible deal. And who knows? And maybe this team will continue to go on and move on and be successful. But as far as I'm concerned, your best team, obviously, is with James Harden. And as far as I'm concerned, and looking at James Harden, I believe that this team, what they should have done, was taken this whole thing to the end of the year, and then take it from there. He's, he'll be a, he would have been a restricted free agent at year's end, and then you could have decided from there whether you wanted to match. As far as I'm concerned, you could have let this thing play out a little longer. I don't want to say it's a panic move. I'm, I'm not saying it's a panic move. But what I am saying is I, I just thought they should have waited. They should have waited. They should have waited. In the, in, the, in the words of Janet Jackson, they should have waited a while before they go too far. And you could argue by trading away James Harden, you may have taken it a little too far. You, you can make that argument. You can make that argument. And and I think you may have a legitimate argument. This team is a better team with James Harden. I, I, I don't think anybody could argue that. But the reality is it would have been hard to keep James Harden. It would have been impossible. Without paying the luxury tax, it would have been very hard to keep James Harden. That, that's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. It really is the bottom line. And essentially they're kind of rebuilding on the fly, if you will. They're, they're, they're rebuilding on the fly, but at the same time they're adding pieces and added a piece in Kevin Martin and a decent piece also with uh, Jeremy Lamb. We'll see what happens from this whole deal. I don't agree with it. I understand why they did it. But as far as I'm concerned, I think you let the whole thing play out, end of the year, because this team is this close to a championship. You could argue by losing James Harden that the, the that Oklahoma City is not the same team. And now we have the Lakers right now. They're struggling. So who knows? We'll, we'll see if the Lakers will turn things around. We'll see if the Lakers will be a, comp- a competition for Oklahoma City. you got San Antonio still there. L.A., the Clippers, I mean, the Clippers play well. They look good. They have a lot of talent, a lot of depth. I mean, the Clippers really do have a lot of depth. And right now they're playing without Grant Hill and Chauncey Billups. 
So imagine what's going to happen when that when they come back. I mean, I don't agree with the trade. The Lakers, I mean, Oklahoma City, I mean, they felt like they had to do what they had to do at this point. I don't agree with the trade, but I understand the trade. I don't agree, but I understand the trade. And who knows? Maybe it'll be enough. Maybe and Kevin Martin to score, and maybe he can replace that. But uh, that chemistry, my thing is chemistry right now. It's chemistry. Will they be able to replace the chemistry that they had in Oklahoma City with that big three of Harden, Westbrook, and Durant? We shall see. Let's bring in now, we're going to switch gears to the NFL. We're going to bring in now our Hall of Famer, 11-time Pro Bowler, the great Willie Rowe. Willie, how are you? And, and, and while we're talking about that, man, look look how great James Harden has looked. And, 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 you know, for all the things that Westbrook does well, you know, he – you know he 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 he's he's our first guy instead of getting the team involved, and it seems like James Harden is sitting right here. So, I mean, you think about James Harden, and and you know you could put West you could have put Westbrook, which he didn't want to come off the bench, but you could have started you could have started James Harden and brought Westbrook off the bench, the way he's playing right now. I mean, he's playing. I mean, I, maybe. <laughs> Maybe he was the one that, that made KD, Kevin Durant, and Russell Westbrook better. Maybe he was the guy that made them better instead of the other way around. I mean, everybody figured, you know what, those, Harden getting his points off of Westbrook and Durant. But, I mean, he's obviously showing that he can score at a high rate. He's showing that he can get others involved with the high assist numbers, and he can do it all. He's doing it all for Houston. And right he's now doing Houston's it all. doing all. And they look good, but, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens with Houston moving forward. But, I mean, wow. I, I just thought they should have let it play out. Let this whole thing play out because you're that close to a championship. That yeah, close to a championship. Saying that how do you break that team up? But if he doesn't sign the contract, I guess, you know, I guess before they let him walk, I mean, they, you know, they want to get something in return because if he doesn't sign the contract and it's, and it's the last on that deal, then, you know, they, they, gotta get, then they don't get anything in return. No, and I get that. You know, I get that. But as far as I'm concerned, you're this close to a championship. You're real close to a championship. And so as far as I'm concerned, when you're that close, you got to go for it. you got to go for it and let your chips fall where they may. They're this close. Or, or, They're that close. Or, 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 you, know, you know, you don't have to trade them right now. You know, you don't have to trade them right at the beginning of the season. You know, you, 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 you I mean, but um, – Right now, it looks like, it looks like he it, it looks like he isn't starting. He deserves to be a starting in, in the NBA the way he's playing. So you can't argue what he's done these first couple games. And like you said, right. the assists that he's putting up, I mean, uh, Houston's got some potential. You know, they need a big guy inside. They can score. You know, good four player. But uh, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna be they're gonna be good. They're gonna be pretty good uh, in the future with the, with with those guys with the, with the pieces they have. But we still have to wait and see how Lamb and how uh, Kevin Martin, you know, fit, you know, in Oklahoma City. Also, you know, those guys just got there; they adjusted to a new okay. system. Uh, we don't, nobody knows what the Lakers are running. I mean, it seems like every time the Lakers had a possession, when I was watching the game, they were shooting of seven. The guy that was open was trying to shoot a fifteen to eighteen foot jump shot at the top of the key. You know, you mean I mean you gotta get the ball down inside. Um, whatever they were doing, but last night they were not getting the ball down inside. And anytime they turned the ball over, the transition defense was terrible. Right. And and they and they don't get any fast backports either. So, I mean, whatever they're trying to do, 
if these guys are start working, then uh, they're gonna have to go to some other option. And and it's early, and hopefully, I mean, they they said this offense may take time for them to to get it down. Supposedly a hybrid Princeton offense. Uh, they just right now the Lakers look slow to me. They look slow. They don't really look that athletic. I mean, and that's what they're at right now. They look a slow team. And the Clippers, like you said, in transition was killing them. Dallas was killing them the other night in transition. And so, I mean, it's still early, and and I think there should be some concern in L.A. And granted, Steve Nash didn't play last night, but there has to be some concern. And hopefully, if you're a Lakers fan, they can turn this thing around. But it's not looking good so far, 0-3. But, again, you got a lot of new players, and hopefully when it's all said and done, if you're a Lakers fan, they can mesh well together. But we'll see. I mean, the NBA is exciting. It just started. And some exciting times in the NBA, I mean. Really, really exciting. Should be a very exciting season. I wonder what's really going to happen because there's a lot of storylines out there. Carmelo already already always starts off hot at the beginning of the year. We'll see what Carmelo's doing in the end of the year. But uh, you know, the Heat had to go all the way to New York and they took a beat. They took a good whooping by the Knicks last night. But you know, like I said, Carmelo always does this at the beginning of the season. His work is Carmelo doing at the end of the year. And uh, is he really in shape and is he really taking basketball serious? I mean, he's a great talent, but can he do it through the course of the whole season? And my, my, and my thing last night, anyway, I mean, I think that was also a byproduct of the post-Hurricane Sandy situation and that mm-hmm. whole motivation thing as well. I think that motivated them last night. We'll see what happens when the Philadelphia 76ers come to town on Sunday, come to New York on Sunday. We'll, we'll see. Uh, what the Knicks are really about, because I think the Sixers are going to be a very good basketball team as well. But we'll see. We'll, we'll definitely see. Let's we, While we're talking about the Sixers, let's start in Philadelphia with the Eagles. I mean, last week they changed their all defensive coordinator. It really didn't matter. I mean, Atlanta was going up and down the field. Do, do Matty Ice was, was hot, today? and he was doing all different types of things to that Eagles defense. And it, it really was not a close football game. Vic took a beating, and the Eagles lost. Andy Reid's first loss after a bye. Are the Eagles done? Uh, they're going to be at the Orleans. They're done. But uh, I was watching the tape today, and, and, and Michael Vick is just not—he's just not throwing the ball down the field. He had some shots then during the course of that game. With guys wide open, one time Abraham jumped outside. He could have took a shot. What time Deshaun Jackson ran out route and he talked to them red and he was open on some shots and he's just not stretching the field. He's not throwing the ball down the field. I think he's taking so many shots. He just wants to wants to tuck it and run instead of throwing the football down the field now. But I, I will say this is he's not getting the time. He's definitely not getting a lot of time behind that that patchwork offensive well, line. They showed a couple of plays where he had some guys open down the field and he didn't take the shot. And it could be, could be, it could be a part of him not just not recognizing him, just not playing well, and also it could be a byproduct of him maybe being a little gun shy and not really wanting to stand in that pocket and, and take the beating that he's taken. I mean, it could be all, all you know, who, who knows what it really is. But I mean, I still think this team is a viable contender, and I still think, I think they'll beat the Saints on Monday night. But my, my, I do have a concern about that game. I don't 
know if that oh, defense is play, shut down Drew Brees. They got to play the six zero. I'm gonna tell you this, Paul. The team that won that game is the offensive coordinator. They finally starts running the football and tries to balance it up and control the clock. Both teams get away from the run, and we've been talking about this, and you know Gil talked about it. McCoy should get at least 20 touches a game. And if you're not going to give him the touches, I don't know why you're not giving him the touches. You don't know the weather was bad last week. They put so much pressure on Michael Vick to have to do too much. They're having a bad offensive line. We know that. So it makes it look worse. But we have a few quarterbacks we can talk about that are regressing. It's more than Michael Vick. It's three or four guys I can name. And Cam Newton is still up to the thing because we're questioning that that the play calling and that cottage style of stuff they did. He needs to run the NFL system. But we have quarterbacks that have been regressing this year, and you know, and Michael Vick is one of them. He has not played well this year. It really hasn't. I mean, you talked about Newton. You talk about Vick. You can talk about Mark Sanchez, who has not been playing well. You also talk about Tony Romo. Uh, no matter the numbers that he puts up, he, he always is a big turn. Always finds a way to, to have a bad turnover at a bad time. And I mean, it's 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 some bad quarterback play out here. And Michael Vick has not been playing well. He really has not been playing well at all, at all. But this is the time to get right. I mean, that Saints defense. I mean, uh, Willie, me, you, and a, and a few other guys, we might be able to do some work against that Saints defense. I mean, it's not a very good defense. It's not a very good defense, and this is this could be a, the, the the right game and the right opportunity for the Eagles to finally get right on the offensive end. They could finally get right on the offensive end against the Saints defense. We'll see. We'll see. This is the this is the defense to do it against. If you're going to do it against any defense, this is the defense to do it against because this defense obviously stinks at this point. They're not a very good defense in New Orleans, but this is a this is a big game for the Saints. I mean, they they have five losses. It's a big game for the Saints, and, and, and the Saints keep the win. Need the win real bad too. They're coming back home. They got they got punished last week by Denver, in Denver, which I thought would be a tough game because the defense was struggling, and because uh, Peyton Manning is playing some great football right now. Peyton Manning, when he sees those safeties, if the guys open, he's gonna hit them. He's getting the job, but he's throwing the ball where the ball he's gonna stretch the field. You gotta take your Michael Vick is not taking his shots. Drew Brees is still turning the ball over a little bit, but he's but he but he, they're not running the ball enough. And there's another thing that them to do McGay he's playing well. They're, I don't know what happened to Moreno, but McGay he's playing well and they're running the ball. But when Peyton Manning gets the opportunity, he's gonna take his shots down the field. And definitely, I mean, and Denver's playing some good football. They really are playing some good football. But let, let let's see what happens when Denver. And right now they're they're doing it. He's doing it against the little sisters of the poor. I I want to see him do it. I want I really want to see him do it against the top notch defense. I want to see him do it against the top notch defense right now. And every time Denver, you look at the Broncos. Every time they've stepped up. Every time they stepped up in competition, they lost. Every time they stepped up, they lost. So I'm I'm very interested, and they're they're not going to have a lot of opportunities with their schedule to have that step up opportunity. They're not going to have that opportunity 
looking at just looking at their schedule. They're not going to have many opportunities. They try, every time they stepped up. Okay, look at them three times. They've they 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 been playing a real tough schedule too early, right? They played in New England. They did. They did. They did. They put, but every time they stepped up, they stepped up. They, they go to Atlanta. They lose. Home game against the Titans. I'm not the Titans, the uh, Texans. Well, and, they and, lose. And they got a chance to come back in the Atlanta game, and, and, and that's the one game that they did not play well in and do, well, I mean, two or three picks in the first quarter. You know, the yeah, first three quarter, picks in the first quarter. You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, and they still, and they made a run at it. So if Peyton Manning, while he's learning a new system, doesn't turn the ball over against Atlanta, they got a chance to win that game. They do, but I, I, I'm only, I, I'm 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 trying to caution everybody about the Broncos because the bottom line is this: every time they stepped up, every time they stepped up, Falcons, Texans, Patriots, that's their three losses. Each and every time they stepped up, you could argue that they beat Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh at the time was they beat Pittsburgh first game of the season, but they weren't playing good ball at the first, at the beginning of the year. But every time they stepped up, every time the Broncos stepped up, they didn't win. And they're not going to – looking at their schedule, Cincinnati, Carolina, San Diego, Kansas City, Tampa Bay, Oakland, there's one game, Baltimore, one game, and their final, their final nine games, there's going to be one game where they, step, where they have a step-up opportunity, and that's against Baltimore. This team, you look at Denver, they easily could be 12-4 and four when it's all said and done, just judging by their schedule. They could be 12-4, and four, and they still could be a team that – I have questions about. Because well, we obviously know they're going to run through the AFC West. True. We're going to question whether they're going to run through the AFC West or not. No, no, there's no question about that. I think the question becomes when they actually get to the playoffs and they have to step up because the three teams that they lost to, they're all playoff teams, and the two teams, two of those teams, the Texans and the Patriots, are going to be in the playoffs. So they're going to have to step up. We'll see if Peyton can step up against a team with a pulse. We'll see. I'm gonna I'm gonna caution. I'm gonna caution all this Peyton Manning love at this point. I know he's put, he's coming off this. Okay, the but injury, as long as they got a running game, as long as they keep their running game, then, then we'll, we'll see what happens. True. Very true. Very true. But let, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. So we we won't know. We won't know how good he is. Really, I think into the play. How good this but, Denver but, Broncos but they team are is. Healthy. But they are healthy. True, but we don't know how good they are into the playoffs. But they are healthy. They are. They are. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. And, and let's look. Let's look at the Falcons now, Willie. I mean, they beat the Eagles obviously in a dominating performance. They are seven seven and zero. Oh. Matt Ryan. A lot of people are talking about him as an MVP candidate uh, in the NFL. And they have the Cowboys coming to town this week. Do you believe in the Falcons? I mean, we've seen this script before, but do you believe? I, I, I believe Matt Ryan has gotten better. The knock on Matt Ryan before, Matty Ice, was that, was that he did not play as well on the road. He's proven his critics wrong this year because he is playing better on the road. And that was a knock on him. And they got, they got the running game. Uh, they got a sound defense. So I believe the Falcons are for real. The Falcons are for real. And I don't see Dallas going in. I don't think Dallas is for real. And Dallas does too many things. Dallas is not a fundamental. It doesn't seem like to me watching them play. They're just not fundamentally sound. And and, and, and I know that's what Jason Gary, when he took over the job, that was a knock on Dallas before when Wade Phillips was there. 
was a day one fundamentally sound when he was there. And I know Jason Gary tried to get him back, back to the fundamentals, but I don't know what happened between last year and this year, but they're not fundamentally sound. And, uh, you know, that, that's got to be first and foremost addressed. You know, look, look at uh, Des Bryant, you know, to turn the ball over and uh, the way that uh, Romo's been playing. I mean, it just, you, you, you're not going to win football games playing like that. No, they got back in the game with the Giants because they did play a lot better. Right. Whitney had a career day with him. Whitney had like 18 you catches. Know, 18 catches or whatever he had. I mean, but, you know, I mean, you just, you're not going to win football games turning the ball over the way he did and, and doing, the, doing the stupid middle stuff they do. And, and, and it's just, it, it was it's week in and week out, snapping the ball over the quarterback's head before he ready. This stuff is happening too much. With too much regularity to that team. And I look at Dallas, and they remind me of the Philadelphia Eagles so much. I mean, two teams, talented teams, quarterbacks who do the spectacular but make big-time mistakes uh, along the way. And and, team, and both of those teams are talented ball clubs, but for whatever reason, they're just not disciplined teams. And, Willie, you've been in the NFL a long time. Discipline comes down to coaching, Correct. It comes down to coaching, and, and, and the players have to just do the little things during practice to make sure they don't do it. I mean, I, you know, usually, I mean, I don't see how a team would go out there and practice great and then go out there and do the things they're doing. But uh, I don't know. I'm not at practice every day watching them. But, I mean, ultimately that comes down to practice and working on the little things, working on the fundamentals, making sure you're going to be in the right position to catch the, to catch the ball, to catch that punt return or you know, make sure you you got to, you, you know, you can't, you can't, you got to work on that stuff in practice to get better at doing the games. You really mm-hmm. have to be, 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 be secure at your craft. And, uh, you know, that's one thing about Tom Coughlin. You can, you can talk about Tom Coughlin and the things, the things that he's done. Some of the players get pissed at him some of the stuff he made them do. But every, every Tom Coughlin team is going to be a disciplined, fundamentally sound football team. That's what he Definitely. does. And he's been, and, and that's why the New York Giants have been so successful. And it starts with Tom Coughlin. And you look at, and the funny thing is, I mean, we, a lot of people are talking about Andy Reid in terms of whether or not he should be fired if the Eagles don't make the playoffs, and I think obviously he should. But the funny thing is, Tom Coughlin had been in that position a bunch of times. You remember the first time the Giants won the Super Bowl, the talk was he was this close to losing his job. If they don't make it to the playoffs, he was that close to losing his job. And look at him now, two Super Bowls later, and we're talking about Tom Coughlin as the possible Hall of Fame type of coach. So look what he did for Jacksonville. Took them to the sure. AFC Championship. So right. I, I would say I would say you look at Tom Tom Coughlin's resume, taking an expensive team in, in as good as they were from the start with the pieces he put on that team as well as they played, I would say, and then knocked up the Broncos that year when they were supposed to go the year before they, they went to the Super Bowl. Right. When they were 13-3, in Denver they knocked them off. I would well, say in 1996, I would say that he is a Hall of Fame coach. Probably is. I, I, I think he definitely is after two Super Bowl titles and what he did in Jacksonville as well. We're talking to Hall of Famer Willie Rofe, and Willie, the New York Jets, they looked pathetic last week against the Miami Dolphins. They're now three and five. Rex says he believes in Sanchez. He believes that Sanchez gives them the best opportunity to win. I do agree with Rex on that point, but I will say this. 
I think it is Tebow time. I really think it's Tebow time. I, I don't think – yes, I think Mark Sanchez gives him the best opportunity to win, but they're not winning with him. So and, – and we've seen what Tebow – we've seen – say what you want to say about Tim Tebow. We saw him take a team to a playoffs, and we saw him win a playoff game. Say what you want to say about the guy. Do I think he's a, a starting caliber NFL quarterback? I don't think so. But we all know what he has done. We know his resume. Is it Tebow time in New York? Should it be Tebow time? I think, you know, yeah, Tebow definitely has to be, uh, has to be, has to be more involved. And I think it is. I mean, you look at, you look at such, such doesn't have any injuries on offensive line. You know, he's got some young, I understand he lost his receiver. You know, and and I understand you know some of the sort of stuff he the chemistry he had with him, but he had some young receivers that played pretty well. And even though uh, you know you can't make an excuse the team that played well because they went up to New England and played pretty well a couple sure. of weeks ago, and then they come home and they play against Miami, which I thought which I thought the Jets would, would win that game, and they and they leave they went up to New England and played pretty good football. But when I talk, when I look at it, Michael Vick. Mark Sanchez, uh, Tony, Tony Romo, and Philip Rivers, especially Philip Rivers in San Diego. I don't know what they're doing either. Yeah, I mean they played the Chiefs. They played the Chiefs last week. The Chiefs haven't led a game in regulation all year, and they go in there and, and win the game against Mark, the, the, the Saints. But right. I mean I don't know what what these guys are doing. So you have to incorporate if Sanchez is not going to do it week in and week out. Then you you have to incorporate uh, and let let let, let Tebow see what he can do because um, you know Sanchez obviously didn't do it. And and I look at it and I say, well, I, I can't make an excuse for him. He is his best player on offense. San Antonio Holmes is done for the year. I mean that that's their best offensive player. That's the best offensive player they have, and he's done. There's not a there's not a whole lot of weapons on the Jets. On the offensive side of the ball for the New York Jets, not a lot of weapons, and I just—I mean, I think Tebow is the type of guy who can do more with less, more so than Mark Sanchez can do. And I'm not saying Tebow is a better quarterback than Sanchez because I don't think he is, but I think he is the type that can do a little more with less. So I think it's Tebow. It should be Tebow time, and I don't think it will be Tebow time. And I mean, if they lose. They have a bye this week, but if they lose again, they'll have six losses. And at the, and they go to Seattle two weeks from now, and that's a tough place to play in. I mean, see, Seattle's a tough, tough place to play at. So uh, it could be it for the New York Jets, and I, I think before it's too late. And, the, I mean, you look at the Broncos, they were 1-4 and four with Tebow, and he turned their whole situation around. Granted, they were fortunate enough to be in a bad division. That helped. But, I mean, he did turn them around. Say what you want to say about it. He did turn them around. Ultimately, he did win a playoff game. He has just as many playoffs. Horrible division. When I was playing in that division, we that was maybe the toughest division in football, and it is absolutely the worst division in football right now. It's horrible. It's a bad division. It's a I, that AFC South is kind of bad as well. Well, Indianapolis. Yeah, but the AFC West has been bad for a while now. True, this true. is just our. Hell, we went ten and six. My last year playing, Paul didn't even make the playoffs. 
So, I mean, you know, that's how tough it was in 2005. You go 10 and 6, you don't even get in the playoffs. You go 10 and 6 now in that division, come on. You're, you're, I mean, in Denver, but Denver by default, I mean, Denver obviously is playing some decent football and they have a favorable schedule. I will say this. I will say this. A couple of years ago, didn't the Chiefs make the playoffs and they were 79 or something? That was the uh, that was the NFC West. That was uh, Seattle, where you had that where it was just bad football. And look how the NFC West you could argue is one of the better divisions of football this year. But it's weird. I mean, you look. I'm not gonna. I, I, yes, I think Denver's gonna win that division, but I'm not gonna completely close the door on San Diego. Uh, it's a talented football team. A team that had Denver down 24 to nothing. I mean, they were one. They were. They had. They were half away essentially from having a two-game wow. lead in the in the division. A half oh, a, a half away. You're up 24 to nothing. How do you lose a game up 24 to nothing, Paul? All you got to do is come out there in the third quarter and put your put your foot on them. But Philip Rivers comes out there and throws two or three picks. Yeah, turnovers. Turnovers. Is a great equalizer. It's the ultimate equalizer sometimes, and that's what we saw. It was just turnovers, and I mean, we say San Diego and their struggles. At the end of the day, they're only half a game behind the Denver Broncos. So, I mean, say what you want about the way the Chargers have been playing, they're still well, there. They, they, didn't, they didn't do it offensively. They scored ten points. They scored the touchdown to kick the field goal. They won that game the other day because uh, the. the the Chiefs fumbled the ball in the end zone, and they had two pick sixes. Or one yeah, pick I mean, six and then a punt, a punt fumble also. I, I mean, I never thought Matt Castle was an NFL caliber quarterback, and I think we're seeing that this year. last two years, I think we're, we're starting to see that he's really not a starting NFL caliber quarterback in this league. It's just not. I mean, it, but the Chiefs, I mean, they're a bad football team. There's no getting around it. They are a bad football team, and, it's not looking good in Kansas City, obviously, and that doesn't really make you feel good. Well, it looks like they're going to, have to clean up the house again. I mean, and we and we look at it. Let's look at you now. I mean, your two former teams, the Saints and the the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, are a combined three and twelve. A combined three and twelve. That's not really good. Well, uh, I'll say this. The one that's down south in the southern part of the country will still get the win this week, and I think they will get the win this week against your Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, and you know, I'm a man who really likes steak. I mean, are, are you willing? Are you willing to put a, a, a succulent, uh, plump uh, steak on the line? I will. Do, I am willing to do that to say the Saints. <laughs> Right this ship and come out with a big performance against the Eagles. Not saying it's going to be easy, but <laughs> if the Eagles don't run the football, which that's what that's what Kansas City did, was run the football for 270 yards against New Orleans in New Orleans to win that game. If the Eagles don't try to run the football and they let Drew Brees stay on the field, they'll be in trouble. And I will say this. I will say this. And and it's not going to be. I think the Eagles are going to win this game. And I think this is a game where this 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 is one of those games where the team gets right. This is a get right type of game. This is a get right type of game for the Philadelphia Eagles. But I will say this. I have my concerns, and one of my concerns is 
the defense and whether or not they can shut down Drew Brees in that offense. Say what you will about the Saints' defense, but that offense is still prolific and that offense still gets it done. They get it done. But to your point, to your point, what the Eagles have to do in that particular ball game is run the football. The Saints are not, a, not very good against the run, not very good at all against the run. And we saw what Jamal Charles did to him, and LaShawn McCoy can do the same if he gets the opportunity. He should have at least 20 to 25 carries, at least 20 to 25 carries. This is the 31st Russian defense in the league, 31st. They give up 170 yards per game on the ground. It's almost 200 yards a game on the ground. You can't win in the NFL when you do that. And the Eagles have a big-time run game with LaShawn McCoy, and the Eagles need to use that big-time run game with LaShawn McCoy against the New Orleans Saints. If they do, and I expect them to do, steak will be in my future, and that's always a good thing, steak in your future. Eating steak is always a great, great thing. And Speaking of a guy who's probably eating a lot of steaks and making some decent money, the Dallas Cowboys' left tackle, Tyron Smith, reportedly harassed by his family, has an order of protection against his mom and his stepfather, had a situation where a few of his step-siblings uh, uh, came over to his house, reportedly harassing him for money, so on and so forth. Willie, you've been around this league a long time. You've been around athletes a long time. How common are these type of things? I think it's I think it's fairly more common than you think. Or you just have a lot of players that are trying to, trying to make them happy and do what they got to do, but it's just a sad story, you know. And, um, I, I, you know, I respect him for what he's doing. He's a good young man. Uh, you know, his family had a business, and uh, he worked in the business for his family. Uh, I read the story after you told me about it, and, you know, uh, I don't know. I mean, if he already helped him out, you know what I mean? You have to set guidelines. You have to say, well, I'll do this and this for you, but I can't continue to do it. And if he and if he set those guidelines, then they gotta be they gotta be accomplished and and not depend on him to take care of them. Because what about when he he's gotta play football? What about when he decides to have a family and and, and have kids to be responsible for? Because he's still a young man, right. you know. But um, he needs he nipped in the butt now because you know, like I said, he'll be signing one of those deals. For over ten million a year in the next two years, I mean that's the going rate for a starting tackle, and they'll really be trying to get more out of him because you know they know exactly what he's making. Exactly. So um, he needs to. I'm I'm, happy, I'm glad he addressed it, and hopefully uh, some other guys can see what he's done and uh, and understand that you're not obligated to to take care of everybody and it's and it's. And if, and if you know if they're trying to take too much of your money, then you have to do the same thing he's doing. And right now, he is saying that he has a million dollars that that is missing, and his mom denies that she took miss- any of his money. How's it missing? I guess he's claiming that somebody took his money, and it looked like it's looking like the parents. Why would they have? How would they get access to his money though? His mom and dad on this financial model, so how would he, how would they get? How would well, they have apparently at one point he did give them money initially. He did give them money initially, but now I guess he, he's saying maybe they took more. And you know, I guess they're trying to figure out how all this how went did they down. Take and, it, though? I mean, unless, 
unless they were on his accounts, unless he had their names on his accounts, then they wouldn't have been able to take that though, Paul. So what, they, their names should be nowhere near his his name. Never, just like we saw with Leon Searcy. You, you, first of all, you don't have that in the checking account. You have that invested with a financial advisor, but you don't put nobody's name on your accounts or give nobody power of attorney of your accounts to be able to take any money out. Right. No, you're right. And the, and the thing was... I don't know if you set up a PayPal account, where if you set up a PayPal account, they can go and take some money out. I don't know. I don't really know how that PayPal stuff works, but, you know, so I don't know how you... But it just, it just, I don't understand, Paul. If you had a million dollars right now, Paul, you got it in an account or, or somewhere invested. If you don't want nobody to be able to touch it, then you just don't put their name on the accounts. Right. You're right. I mean, apparently he did give them a lot of money, a substantial amount of money when he first signed his contract, his initial contract uh, with the Dallas Cowboys as a ninth pick in 2011. But... I mean, I don't, I don't. I mean, you know, sometimes you give people money, and they keep coming back for more. It's just like if you leave some food out for a bird, the bird is going to keep coming back, and you might be running into that type of situation. Obviously, I mean, it's sad. I mean, you 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 play hard and you you earn your money and you do what you have to do to make that money, and then you have more money, more problems. Basically, you have his family pretty much harassing him and. And bothering them and and everything and it's, it's a tough situation obviously and uh, hopefully they can work it out but I mean he's doing a good thing now before he makes any more money or signs that next contract he's nipping it in the bud and hopefully they'll back off a little bit but it's got to be difficult for him to lose you know your mother your stepmother even your, your step siblings as well I mean that's got to be a difficult situation definitely got to be a difficult situation so, it's already really difficult though Paul so. I don't know what you, you, you know, he's going to nip it in the bud now or he's going to keep dealing with it. So it's already a difficult situation. And, um, you know, if they ran through the money he already gave them, then he's got to nip it in the bud now. And hopefully right. they'll respect him later for doing it. If they don't, they don't well. Right. Right. You're right. And reading the story here, uh, apparently he hired a financial advisor at the urging of his parents. Uh, hired a specific financial advisor at the urging of his parents. And this particular financial advisor and him have parted ways, so who knows what happened there with that as well. Well, obviously, obviously, if, if he hired the financial advisor with the urging of his parents, then that, that, kind of, that tells me what happened there. That financial advisor was helping his parents take his money. And apparently his parents. Somebody that was close to them that knew them. And that's how he lost the money. That's why he fired the financial department. And also the parents. You look at his parents. His parents was also a part of supposedly managing his money as well. So So I think the financial department and his parents took the money. And that's the same, Paul. So if you say that that to to me, the damage has already been done. If his parents and his financial department took a million dollars from that young kid, you know, just going out of this portfolio, then that, that's the same. So the and, damage has already been done, Paul. They've true. already t- done the damage to this kid. Very true. I mean, and sad. It's just a sad, it's a sad story, sad situation. 
and hopefully everything can work out all right for so him financially. What if he goes out there next week and hurts? What would happen to the left tackle in uh, San Diego? What if he goes out there and hurts his neck this year? What if he goes out there and blows his knee out, told him, you know, not going not, not to it doesn't happen, but what if he doesn't get to that next contract? That's true. You know, you hear the year on this deal, Paul. Or if you That's have true. a serious injury, then the team's not going to want to lock you into one of those five, six-year deals you know, at seventy, eighty million dollars. They're not gonna they're they're gonna look at you as more of a liability. So, you know, you know, you never know what can happen. Right. You know, and and as know. we as we know, the NFL those contracts aren't guaranteed. So, I mean the the big part is your signing bonus and like you said, you're in a year to year. You're a year to year type of you're in a year to year type of situation and anything can happen on that field, anything, as you well know. And and Willie we got to get your top five. Who does Willie Rove believe is the top five teams in the National Football League right now? Well, you know, right now the AFC is going through Atlanta, so I got to have Atlanta. Uh, the Giants played a tough game against Dallas, but uh, I got the Giants second. Uh, got the Forty Nineers third. Right. Uh. I like, I know you're skeptical about him, but I like what I've seen the last few weeks out of Peyton Manning and the Denver Broncos, and I have them fourth. Wow. And so, I would have Green Bay at fifth. And it's here. here's some, uh, uh, a couple teams that you uh, omitted from this, uh, omitted, I should say, from this, this top five, the Chicago Bears, the 6-1 and one Chicago Bears. Um the six and one Houston Texans. Um, so that means oh, but I can't put all I can't put all NFC in there. I mean, is that NFC heavy? Do we gonna put I, all I NFC? I, I really think it actually is. I mean, New York. So what's your, no particular, so your top not, five? You wouldn't have anybody for the NFC. You would I would have, have Houston. Chicago I would, four. I would have Atlanta, New York, Chicago, San Francisco, and Houston. Okay. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think any of these teams in the AFC at this point, and it could all change, and it, it probably will well, change. Well, Houston got beat by uh, got, got beat by Green Bay. Oh, no. True. True. So, and is I mean, the Packer pick. I mean, they are five and three. They are playing some better, a better football, I should say. You're right. I mean, you could make a legitimate argument that the Packers should be in there. And they have Arizona this weekend at Green Bay, so I think that's a game they'll win. And I think ultimately they'll be 53. You're right. Chicago's been playing real good football. I like Chicago. I got to see Chicago. You know, Chicago to me is a team. It matters with the quarterback. If, 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 If it goes bad in Chicago, it can go bad. Right, right. I, I would agree with that. I mean, it is dependent upon the quarterback play, <clears throat> and you really look at it the way that defense is playing. I mean, that defense is putting up points. Jay Cutler oh, really doesn't—they put up that the defense, defense is playing amazing. Right, and all Cutler has to do in a lot of ways is just manage the game. If he exactly. can do that manage without the game making mistakes, the ball over. right? If he can do that, Chicago's gonna be a tough team to beat when it's all said and done. And the Packers, I think they're going to be there as well. 
with that all, I think that offense is starting to come around now with Aaron Rodgers, and they're going to be there as well. It should be interesting. I mean, there's a lot of great football to be played, a lot of great games this week. Got the Steelers uh, traveling to New York. I mean, that's going to be a nice, that's going to be a big one, a big football game. Should be an interesting football game. I mean, so you got some some decent football games this week, and we'll see. We, we shall see what happens. I mean, you got the Cowboys going to Atlanta. Some decent games this week. But I will ask this, Will. We have, you have the situation with the Steelers who are traveling day of to New York because of Hurricane Sandy and everything that's going on with that. Does that affect the Steelers at all, you think? I don't think it does as much because it's only like an hour flight. Right. You know, I don't think it's that long a flight. So I, I don't think that will that will affect them too much. You know, because, you know, if you were talking about a two- or three-hour flight, and I said, yeah, but since this is an hour, they're going to stay in the hotel and stay in the home and just fly up there and play the game and come back. So I don't think it will affect them that much. Right, and I, I, I think I tend to agree with you. But we'll see. I mean, it should be a great football game. And I think the Steelers actually win that game, but we'll see. We'll see. I think the Steelers go to New York and get that done. Willie? As always, man, pleasure talking to you. Let's so, do it again so, next they week. Play the, they play the Giants, right? They play the Giants in New York. Uh, I don't think they get that done. I, I think they get that done. We'll see. Okay. We disagree on that one, too. <laughs> we, we do disagree on that. We probably disagree on a lot of games this week, actually. Um, well, you I actually Philly have. Week, and Philly's been letting you down consistently. They have. They have. <laughs> they really have. <laughs> Um, I actually well, maybe, have a Panthers. Maybe, maybe if they lose this week, you won't pick them anymore. That might be you. You might be right. You might be right, but I don't know. I don't think I'm gonna go away from that Philly pick anytime soon. Um, I actually, I actually think the Panthers, who go travel to Washington, is going to beat the Redskins as well. I don't. I don't agree with that either. I, I really do. I think. I don't, well, I don't know. I think he put a spread on that. They might cover the spread. Yeah, they might cover the spread. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. As always, Willie, let's do it again. You do it again. And, I, and I, actually, if we're going to talk about this, Chicago got outplayed by Carolina. If Carolina throw that pick, that pick six at the end of the, end of the game, they probably lose that game. So and yeah, Carolina no, played Chicago last week. And that was a situation where you had where Steve Smith slipped on the route. And so, really, they intercepted oh. Wasn't Cam's fault, so. But you're right, and, and I think Cam. I mean, you look at the Panthers; they, they almost beat Atlanta, should have beat Atlanta, and probably should have beat should've Chicago. Beat yeah, probably should have beat Chicago as well. But that, that I guess that kind of separates uh, the teams. Is you know things happen in the NFL. I mean, you can look at a lot of games and look at a lot of teams and say they're like two, three, four, five plays away from being. Uh, are having a different record. So Carolina is a few plays away from being a better team, but they are what they are, as the great Bill Parcells would say. Yeah. We'll see. All right. Take care. You take care, too. Willie Rofe, 11 time Pro Bowler, Hall of Famer. Great talking to Willie, as, well, uh, as always. And a lot of interesting storylines to talk about in the National Football League. A lot of great things to talk about. A lot of interesting storylines. A lot of great situations happening in the National Football League. And it's great. The NFL is great, as always. The NBA is going to be great this year as well. 
a lot of great things going on. It's a great time to be a sports fan. Great time to be a sports fan. And for all you on the East Coast, it's probably a great time to be a sports fan now that a lot of you have your power back. I mean, a lot of us but was without power in the East Coast for a long period of time. I was without power for about 20 hours. That was 20 hours too long. But I was back, and, and I'm back. The power's back. The electricity is on and running and on and popping, and I get to watch some basketball, and I get to watch some football, and life is well. Life is good, as Nas will want to say. And let's go to the NFL now. Let's start with the Philadelphia Eagles. It's, and this is a team, obviously, that they're in a tough spot. Right now, they lost three games in a row. This was a team at one point that was 3-1, and one, lost three games in a row, including last week against Atlanta. I mean, crazy game. And it almost looked like the Eagles, in a lot of ways, had quit on Andy Reid. That's not what you see from an Andy Reid coach football team, coming off, especially coming off a bye. I mean, this team was 13-0 and in Andy's, during Andy's tenure, coming off a bye. And so you were surprised, shocked, by the way, how listless that defense was, how listless that offense was, and just how listless that team was as a whole. I mean, they did not play. They did not show up in that game. They did not show up. They were better off staying home. They did not show up. They did not show up. And you look at the play, obviously Matt Ryan played well in that game. Obviously Julio Jones and those wide receivers play well in that game. But Namdi, he got toasted. Namdi Asenwag got toasted in that particular football game. Heard a stat where Matt Ryan was perfect. He targeted Asenwag five times and was completed those five passes. So five for five going at Namdi. Five for five going at Namdi. And I remember a couple of years back when he first signed Namdi Asenwag. I was one of those guys who wasn't all jacked up and pumped up about that move. Uh, I mean, first of all, it wasn't a need for the Eagles. I thought you had just traded for Dominic rogers Cromarty, so you had that. And I thought you already had Asante Samuel in the mix. So as far as I was concerned at the time, to me, it really wasn't a need. And, yes, we, we everybody was talking about Namdi like he was – Darrell Revis, and obviously he's not. He's not Revis. He's not Revis. He's just not Darrell Revis. But uh, Asante Samuel is a guy who had big playability. Say what you will about his tackling, and his, his, he's not the most physical corner. No, he's not, but he, he makes plays. All he does is make plays. He was a playmaker. He was a playmaker for the Eagles. And that defense needs some playmakers because they're not getting turnovers. Secondly, they're not getting sacks. They're not getting no pressure on a quarterback. It's just bad. The defense is bad. It doesn't matter how many times, it, you know, we can complain about Andy Reid not running the ball a lot or running the ball enough. He could have ran the ball to the cows come knocking. They weren't winning that football game because that defense had no shot, no shot, and could not shut down that Falcon offense. Had no chance to shut down that offense. That offense was going up and down the field, up and down, back and forth, only punted the ball one time, and that was in the fourth quarter, I believe. So it, it, it was it was not pretty for the Eagle defense. And you know, Juan Castillo was the guy; he was the was the fall guy for the defense. And that defense again, it was a defense. I gave you some numbers a few weeks back about that defense. First three quarters, it was a big time defense. Fourth quarter, that defense was horrible. 
The defense was horrible in the fourth quarter under Juan Castillo. And because of that, because of that, that is one of the reasons that Juan Castillo lost his job. That was one of the big reasons he lost his job. His defense performed for the first three quarters. They performed for the first three quarters. Come fourth quarter, they didn't perform at all. They did not perform at all. And if those fourth quarter struggles are the reason that Juan Castillo lost his job. And let me let me just give you those numbers because it's it's crazy. Under Juan Castillo as defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles, first three quarters, the defense was tied for six and giving up points. Tied for opponents' yards per game. And this is the first three quarters. Tied for six opponents' yards per game. Actually, they were six outright. Third down percentage. They were first in getting teams off the field on third downs. They were first in that category for the first three quarters. Takeaways. They were tied for ninth in the first three quarters. Tied for ninth in takeaways for the first three quarters. Tied for six in points per game in the first three quarters. Six in opponent's yards per game in the first three quarters. And third down percentage again. They were first. Let's move to the fourth quarter now. In terms of points per game, this defense under Juan Castillo, 23rd. In terms of yards per game, this defense is 22nd. In terms of third down percentage, getting getting teams off the field, this team was 30th. And in terms of takeaways, they went from ninth for the first three quarters to 32nd in the fourth quarter. So that's all you need to know about Juan Castillo's defense and all you need to know about the Eagle defense for the first three quarters. That's all you need to know. But Todd Bowles didn't do much better because the Eagles were roasted for not only the first quarter, not only the second quarter, not only the third quarter, but all four quarters. That defense was roasted. That defense was roasted. Roasted. Roasted, 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 roasted. We'll see if it changes this week against the New Orleans Saints. The second hour of Go For It starts right now. Now, we're a little late with that, but it is the second hour of Go For It in this hour. We're expected to be joined by Clipper Darrell, and he I know he's excited. I know he's happy. Big-time Los Angeles Clippers fan. Clippers at Staples Center last night. They were the road team, even though they play at that set, at Staples Center, but they were the road team last night. And the Clippers beat the Lakers 105-95, to and the Lakers fall to 0-3. Steve Nash did not play last night, but I don't know how much that would have mattered because Chris Paul was stellar. He was stellar in that particular ball game, getting it done. The Lakers look slow, look very slow as a team. They just don't look right. The offense, they're running a hybrid Princeton offense at this point, and 
They're trying to work through that as well. And, and so it's a lot of things that the Lakers are working through. They're 0-3 right now. They were 0-8 in the preseason, and this is a team not playing good basketball. Teams are running on them. They look slow. This is a Laker team that looks slow. They look slow. And and Dwight Howard, he's obviously not 100% right now. He's not 100%, but he looks slow. They look slow. Everybody looks slow. Everybody looks slow. They do. We'll see if it gets better for the Los Angeles Lakers. Here, we're, we're going to bring in a guy now who, who wasn't slow a few weeks back, a guy who was dominating a few weeks back, a guy who is now the new IBF welterweight champion. St. Louis is proud. A lot of people proud of this man. Let's bring him in now, the new IBF welterweight champion, the one, the only, Devin Alexander. Devin, oh, how man. are you, sir? What's, wrong? what's happening, y'all? How's it going? Going well, going well. I know it's going well for you. Oh, it sounds good. It, it, it sounds good for you to hear that. The new IBF <laughs> champion of the world. Sounds it, good. Sounds good. It has to. And it's been a couple of weeks now, man. And how does it feel to be the IBF welterweight champion? How does it feel? Three times. Three times. Three times. Three times. It, it feels good. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Like I always say on your show, I'm blessed, man. You know, um, it don't get no better. Well, it can't get better, but you know, as of right now, you know, it don't get no better than this. And I'm just, I'm just thankful now that I'm in a great position right now. And you know, I'm gonna keep working and continue to grind and continue to be one of the best in boxing. And right now, you're on top of boxing right now. So I'd be a welterweight champion. And we look at that fight now against Randall Bailey. Mm-hmm. Obviously, going into that fight, you had to watch for the Bailey right hand. It's almost like you took the same approach that you took for Maidana. Talk about the approach that you took going into that fight against Randall Bailey. Well, the approach with Randall Bailey was um, kind of different to Maidana. I, I was able to throw, you know, shots and hit um, Maidana when he because he don't have his head and he don't have much defense. But with Randall Bailey, he's a much um, older veteran, and you know, you had to uh, be you not cautious, but you had to be, you know. Smarter than that, and uh, use your skill and follow the game plan. And with Randall Bailey, that's what I was doing. The reason, you know, a lot of people at, was asking me why was I moving to his right hand or moving to to the left, you know, because softball generally go to the right, but I was moving to the left because, you know, I I I'm able to fight left. I'm able to fight to the left, and I'm able to see his right hand more, you know, from that side. So that's the reason why I was going you know, to the left most of the fight. So, you know, I'm very comfortable going to the left. And that, that was the game plan, which was to, you know, utilize his right hand and take it away from him, you know. Right. Like my coach said, disarm, you know, disarm the, the gun and take it away from the enemy. So that's what we did. And uh, I looked at the fight, and, and you see the little tentative. You did say you were very cautious after the fight. Talk about that. Well, I, I definitely, I definitely agree with you, you know. I could have did way more than what um, what I could have. But, you know, at the same time, you know, you wanted to be patient. You didn't want to uh, just go all out and, you know, get caught with any, anything, you know, and end up like Mike Jones, which, you know, I, I mean, I, in my opinion, I got a chin, and, you know, I don't think I was going to end up like him. But you wanted to be cautious anyway, and you wanted to uh, be smart in there. But I definitely could have did a lot more, 
than what I, you know, I started fighting, um, I definitely could have did a lot more. And let's talk about that chin. I mean, that, it's, you, you ate some of his power shots. I mean, we all know <laughs> Bailey has power. You tasted his power. Talk about the chin of Devin Alexander. <laughs> I mean, you know, in, in boxing, you either got a chin or you don't. I mean, that's just it. You know, you can't train for a chin. You can't, you know, um, you know, try to have a chin after, you know, 20 or 25 professional fights. You can't have it. So that's something I'm thankful of having, which is a chin. You know, um, I was able to uh, withstand, you know, Couple shots he hit me with, but it, it didn't phase me at all. I, I was able to come back and hit it with three shots of mine. So, um, you know, the, the chin is there. It's important. It's definitely important. Important in boxing, especially because without that, you know, you're nothing. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. I'll, was my you were talking about your chin? Yeah, yeah, chin my, my chin, my chin is definitely there. You know, you can't be, you know, it's definitely there. I'm thankful that 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 is there because you know most people, you know, in boxing, if they ain't got no chin, they don't make it far. So I'm thankful that I got a chin. Definitely, and not a, not a glass jar. <laughs> and talk about Bailey's power. I mean, you tasted it. How real is his power? He had a decent power, just like Medina had decent power. You know, um, you know, I think Randy Bailey had a little, little, little more pop on it. But you know, at the same time, this is this is boxing. Everybody has power. Everybody, you know, can anybody can be knocked out at any time with one punch. You saw that in Roy Jones and um, Tarver fight. You know, right. so everybody has power. It's just how you utilize it. And um, but Randy Bailey did have some decent power. He did. And, and obviously, I mean, he has the power, but he obviously didn't have the work rate. I mean, we saw him against Michael Mike Jones. He didn't have the work rate in that fight. And in this fight, it, it was even worse. I mean, he only threw 198 punches, only landed 45. Did you expect Bailey to be a little more active? Uh-uh. We expected him to because he just won the belt. And, you know, people, he know people is coming after him, with, you know, because he got the IBFL. So we expected him to you know, throw a lot more punches, but, um, you know, we we wasn't going to be there to uh, to see if he's going to throw a lot of more punches, but we just know we, we was going to be on our offense and we was going to do what we got to do and follow the game plan. Um, you know, Randall Bailey, his thing is you have to be right in front of him, and, he, and that's what he said after the fight. You know, you got to be right in front of him for him to even throw the right hand, and I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, there for him to hit me with it. I was constantly, you know, ha- had my head movement or, you know, I was constantly, you know, you know, going to the left or going to the right, not standing still, so he wasn't able to do what he, had, he wanted to do. Definitely, and, and and you had a lot of success with that. And how's it feel now? I mean, your second fight at 147, I mean, you dominated Maidana. You pretty much dominated this performance as well. You seem strong at this weight. How are you feeling at 147? Feels good. I mean, I'm, man, I mean, losing weight and just just comfortably, I mean, it's, it makes a whole lot of difference. You know, I remember at 140, I felt like this. 
I felt, you know, I was able to make 140 comfortably, eat comfortably, and not worry about making a weight. But as of right now, you know, 147 is definitely where I need to be. Um, I'm comfortable, you know, I'm making a weight comfortably with no problem. Um, so, you know, we don't have, we, we have no problem with weight issues anymore. Right. And it's, it shows, obviously, I mean, your last couple fights at 140, you didn't have the same energy later in the fight like you have at 147. I mean, it definitely right. shows in the last couple of fights. And looking at it now, I mean, you're obviously the IBF champion. A lot of great things going on and a lot of great things going on with you. What's next? I mean, Cal Brock, Cal Brook, I should say, is the mandatory. Yeah. Yeah, what's going to happen there? I mean, there's a lot of talk that he wants to wants to fight over the seas. You want to fight here? Well, how do you think this whole thing is going to shake out? Yeah, or is it going know, to be somebody else? You know, you're my man, but I, you know, I can't I can't touch that right now. You know, but you know, <laughs> I'm gonna let my team handle that. You know, but of course, you know, I fight anybody. You know, I fight anybody and. My coach definitely does what's best for my career, and we just leave it to Al Heyman, who's my advisor now, and Kevin to see, you know, what's what's what we're gonna do. So I just leave it at that. Okay. Um, but as you know, I I fight anybody, no problem, no hesitation. It doesn't matter. We're talking to IBF welterweight champion Devin Alexander, and like you say, you'll fight anybody. It doesn't matter, hypothetically speaking. Hypothetically speaking, now mm-hmm. forgetting mandatories, forgetting all that other stuff. If you could mm-hmm. fight any fighter next, who would be next for Devin Alexander? If you were picking, if Your I choice. was to pick, if I was to pick my choice, I, I would want to fight the winner Guerrero or Alberto, or um, I want to fight um, Amir Khan, okay. or um, I want to fight um, Bradley. You know right. which. You know, I know that's, that's a long shot from hap- happening because he was top ranks. But, um, you know, it's a, it's a lot of Malinati, but I don't think he's going to come nowhere near me either, you know. So um, it's just, it just depends. It just depends, you know. I'll, I'll, fight, I'll fight them all, you know, because <laughs> my thing is I, 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 still, I know I still, I'm still going to have to prove myself. I'm still going to have to, you know, get in there and continue to win and continue to show people why I'm one of the best in boxing. So I know I still got to prove myself. So I'm willing to, you know, fight who they say is one of the best at 147. So that's how I see it. And you said Bradley, and we know what happened when you guys fought at 140. Mm -hmm. How much different would the fight be at 147? Ooh, total difference. Total difference. You know, and... When I when I when I saw that fight, I'm like, man. I mean, you know, I I I mean, I'm I'm better than that. I'm way better than that. But you know, if 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 you, if your body's not there and you know your energy's not there and your mental game's not there, then you know the whole game plan or whatever goes out the window and you lose focus. So, 147 is definitely you know, I I don't think he'll do it, but you know, we'll see. And we definitely shall see. Now, we don't know who you're going to fight next, but when do you expect to come back? What, early next year or mid well, to well, next, mid next year? Early, early, um, because, you know, I, I didn't suffer any cuts this time. Right. Um, no, no injuries, you know, just a little bump. But, 
um, no injuries or anything. So I just expect to be back in our, you know, late January, early February. You okay. know, so yeah. be ready. We're ready, my man. We're ready. You know, <laughs> we new champion. And I'm, I'm, I'm ready to rock and roll. Definitely, definitely. And you have the belt back now. Um, what have you done with that belt? Has it joined you in your bed? I mean, have you done well, anything special <laughs> with the belt? Well, I, I haven't got it yet. Um, due to okay. the storm they got out there, out there in East, you know, they weren't able to, you know, get it all together and send it to me yet. But I'm still waiting on it and. They'll be sitting there probably next week, so I'm still waiting. I'm anticipating. So what, what, what are you going to do with that belt when you finally get it? When I get it, I'm going to hold what? it. I'm going to hold it all day, <laughs> and I'm going to cherish it and, you know, and don't take it lightly. I'm just going to pray over it probably and and okay. just be thankful, you know. That's what, I, that's what I do, man. I'm excited. Right, right, right. I mean, definitely this is something you should be thankful about. I mean, you earned it. And you're a champion again. It has to feel feel very, very good. And you fought in Brooklyn, first fight in Brooklyn in a long, long time. How was yeah. it? How was it? Oh, Brooklyn was great. Brooklyn was great. You know, the arena was nice. Um, you know, $1 billion. I mean, you know, you got state of art, everything. You know, that's a lot of money, you know. So, you know, you got <clears throat> the best. So, it was great fighting in Brooklyn. It was my first time fighting in Brooklyn, but not my first time fighting in New York. But it was definitely nice. Um, everybody treated me with, you know, with great hospitality, and we I enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed it. And I mean, it was like I haven't been to the Barclays Center, but like you said, it's state of the art. I mean, it looks like a beautiful arena. Uh, what what you see on TV, obviously. And you were there. You were there, and you said it's a beautiful. Yeah, man. I mean, I was part of I was part of history. You know, the first Definitely. you know boxing show at the Barclays Center. I was part Definitely. of history. You know, I'm excited about that. You know, I'm always being a part of something big, which is exciting. Right, right. And we'll see what's next. Even though even though I wanted the main event, you know, it was it was okay. But you know, me personally, you know, I didn't I didn't like it. But you know. I had to do what I had to do because of you know Bailey had the injury. So, and you you, you fought you fought your last couple of fights were main event type of situation. Mm-hmm. Was it different? It was definitely different. Definitely different. You know, um, I want to stay at the top, not you know go backwards. You know, but in this type of situation, you had to do what you had to do. You know, you had to. You, we had to go get the belt. We had to go get the belt, and you know we had to do what we had to do, but. I was okay with that because I know we were right. focused more than I do. Right, and and you did it. You did it. You definitely did it. How about the booing afterwards? Does that bother you a little bit? Huh? The booing after the fight by the fans. Does that bother you a little bit? Um, you know, you you can hear it, but you in the fight, you in the fight, and you can't really really trip off of it. But you know, you can hear it and. You 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 want to get the fans what they want, you know. You know the fans are are you. You know they don't want to buy the, buy the tickets and they don't want you know it's paying to see you. So you want to please the fans and but you know also you gotta follow the game plan. You gotta be smarter there and you know nowadays you know I know they want to see some blood and gore and somebody get get their head knocked off, you know, and stuff like that. And you know at the right time that that stuff is you know at the right time you can do that. You can do that, but right. in my situation, at at that time, you know, I couldn't do that. And 
this was the type of fight to me where you, you obviously wasn't going to win pretty, judging by the yeah. style of Randall Bailey. He's not an exciting fighter. Right. This was the type of fight I think you almost had to have almost like a workmanlike performance, almost have a, come in with the cautious, tentative approach that you, you came in there with. I'm, I think you almost had to come in to this fight with that kind of mindset because you know Bailey is not going to throw a lot of punches. Right. right. He's looking to throw one, one hard one, and... You know that that's it. You know, so yeah, um, you, you you gotta be. You had to be smart. You I mean you you don't want to be dumb and just going and and just oh okay, let's go on and go to work and stuff. You can, but you gotta be smart, and that's what I did. Right, and you were smart, and that is one of the reasons you are the IBF welterweight champion. One more question for you now. Um, I see now you're down with Al Heyman. He is your manager. Sam Watson, uh, I see him coming into the ring with a lot of people. Uh, does a lot of talking. Uh, <laughs> how is it being around Sam Watson and the Watson twins and, and all that? Well, I guess, I guess it's okay. I guess you know. Um, I mean, I really don't. You know, I'm a, I'm a, um, you know, I'm not a person who likes to be around a bunch of people anyway. You know, I guess it's okay. I really don't feed too much into it, but right. You know. I mean, he's there, but you know, hey, he's part he's part of the Al Heyman team, I guess. So he's there. Definitely. But I, right. I, I don't see too much into it. Okay, all right. Because I mean, you see those guys at every fight, every big fight. And right, I always, right, right. I always right. have people saying, "Who are these guys? Who are these guys?" But <laughs> right. Every time. And Devin, you you are on Twitter now, and you're active on Twitter. Where can fans connect with you on Twitter? They connect to me at at Devin at D Alexander Real. That's at D A E L E X A N D R E A L at D Alexander Real. That's me. Connect with the fan on, on Twitter. I know you connected. We we have connected on Twitter. Make sure everybody <laughs> else is connected with you on Twitter. I mean, yeah. you're doing big things. You're a champion now. Once more no, again. Once well, again. More years to come, you know. I, I I told you, my man, we're gonna continue. We're gonna continue to grow, you know. And one, this one guy had made a good point, you know, to me. He had Holyfield, you know, got better as, as they said. Holyfield got better as they got, you know, as he got older and he got right. to fight more. You know, he developed more power and developed more, you know, skill, and he got better. And that's how I see myself at. Definitely, you're 25 years old. Sky's the limit for you. You have the belt now, and so you can you got you got a great opportunity here, man. And enjoy it. Keep grinding. Keep doing your thing. And first quarter next year, defend that belt and and, and keep doing what you're doing, man. Most definitely. Most definitely. Pleasure having you as always, Devin. I mean, we wish always you nothing but the best of luck. What's that? Always a pleasure, my man. How's the house coming along? Before we let you go. The, the house is good. The house is good. You know, okay. um, I did a little more decorating. You know, I got some uh-huh. a lot of pictures framed and a lot of things, you know, ready to go. So it's, it's looking good. You got to come, man. I told you you got to come. Definitely. We'll, we'll, we'll get out there at some point. We'll definitely get out there at some point. It's almost like you got a female's touch to, to kind of decorate uh-huh. the house. You always need that female <laughs> yeah, touch. Yeah, you got you to gotta have that. You got to have that. 
you know, I, I I I got skills too. You know, my sister never okay. looked at look at look at my house and like, man, did somebody else do this or did you you do this? Like, I did it. You know, I got I got a little style. So. All right. Well, you got the style. You got the belt. You got a lot of things going on with you right now, and it was a pleasure talking to you. Wish you nothing but the best of luck, man, and we'll do it again. I uh, appreciate it. Appreciate it. We'll, we'll, we'll talk soon. We'll talk soon. Definitely. Definitely. Take care. Okay. Devin Alexander, IBF welterweight champion. He has the belt. He is a champion. Things are going well for Devin Alexander. Things are going real well for him. And, you know, we wish him nothing but the best of luck moving forward. And we'll see what's going to be next for him. It's maybe Cal Brock, who, uh, Cal Brook, I should say, who is his mandatory. Could be someone else. Who knows? Who knows? But he has, he has the belt, which is a good thing. And he beat Randall Bailey like he said he was. And not a surprise, really. I thought he was going to win that fight. No doubt about it. I would love to see him get Bradley again. Would love to see him get Bradley again. I don't think he will, but I would love for him to see get Bradley again, definitely. But we'll see. We'll see what happens moving forward with Devin Alexander, and we wish him again nothing but the best of luck moving forward. I want to go back to the NBA now, and a lot of great things going on in the NBA. And <clears throat> like I said before, the Lakers—they're off to an 0-3 start. They're struggling right now. Not playing good basketball. And I, obviously, it's still early, and I'm not panicking. I think I don't. I don't think anybody really should be panicking if you're a Lakers fan. It, does the team look slow? Yes. Is the offense having some issues? Yes. Are they are they playing good defense? No. But one thing about Mike Brown and Mike Brown is, is a lot like Buddy Ryan. I mean, the, he he's a type of guy that coaches defense very well, and we know Buddy Ryan he coached defense very well as the head coach with the Philadelphia Eagles, but. When it came to the offense, he ignored it. And Mike Brown, over the years, we've seen his offense, and his offenses haven't looked very creative, or, or it almost looked like almost looks like it has been ignored on some level by Mike Brown. Defense is not his forte, and right now, offense, I should say, is not his forte. And right now, there, this is a team running a hybrid Princeton offense, and interesting to see how. And maybe we're making too much of it at this point, but it should be interesting to see if they can really ultimately get it right, ultimately fix some of the issues and some of the problems that come with the Princeton offense. Maybe. Well, it comes with learning a new offense, I should say. I mean, you're learning a new offense. So and you have new players, so it's going to take time. It's going to take time for this whole thing to mesh. And then right now, like I said, Dwight Howard, you, you know he's really not 100%. You really know he's not 100%. But uh, it's it's a team that's struggling right now, and Kobe's playing some good basketball. I had 40 points last night, but the Laker team as a whole looks slow. They look slow. They look slow. But we'll see. We'll see. It's still early. And the Clippers. How about those Clippers? How about those Clippers? 2-0 right now. One of my favorite Clipper players, Jamal Crawford. He's balling right now. Big fan of Jamal Crawford was a great signing to bring in Jamal Crawford, was a big, big, huge fan of that. Huge fan of that move. Huge fan of of the Jamal Crawford move. Huge fan of the Jamal Crawford move for the Los Angeles Clippers. Big-time fan of that move. That was a big move for the uh, Clippers. He's a guy that can score the basketball, a guy who, who hit, who's hit some big shots throughout his career, believe it or not. 
Jamal Crawford was a great signing by the Los Angeles Clippers. A uh, great signing by the Los Angeles Clippers. Great signing by that ball club. And the Clippers right now are two and on. It's still early. A lot of basketball to be played. And let's let's not forget that. There's a whole lot of basketball that needs to be played right now. Whole lot of basketball that got to be played right now before we can start talking uh, about where teams are going to be when it's all said and done, where these teams could be. I mean, it's still too much basketball to be played. But I will say this. Clippers are a deep team, deep basketball team. The Rockets, 2-0 and right now, playing decent basketball. Obviously, you have James Harden, 37-45 and the first two games. You have a team that's getting some good play from Omar Sheik, who had 19 rebounds last night but no points. How about it? But, I mean, he's a guy that they overpaid for as well to get. Well, at this point, it seems like they overpaid, but they brought him in. Jeremy Lin, obviously, it seemed like they overpaid for him as well, but he's gotten off to a decent start as well for the Houston Rockets. And the Houston, they're building something. And this was a team that was looking to make a splash in the offseason. You know, they were going after Dwight Howard. That didn't work out too well. They, they, They wanted him, but that didn't work out too well. So this is a team that is looking to make a splash, was looking to make a splash, and they made the splash. They made the splash with James Harden. Made the splash by getting James Harden, and that was big. That was big. Getting James Harden was big. That was a big-time move, bringing him in. Bringing him in was big for the uh, the Houston Rockets, and Obviously, Houston is not a championship contending team at this point. They're not. And maybe they will be at some point. But right now, they're not. But I will say this, and and we we all talk about Jamal Crawford, not Jamal Crawford, James Harden and his situation. To me, it's simple. $25 million. $25 million. That's basically what he would have been walking away from if he would have signed with the Oklahoma City Thunder. $25 million dollars. Again, I said it before, I'll say it again. There are not too many people in this world, on this earth, who will walk away from $25 million. Nobody does that. Not too many people would do it. I can't say nobody does that, but not too many people would do it. That's a lot of money, folks. That's a lot of money. A lot of money. I don't think you walk away from that kind of money. You just don't. You don't do it. I, I can't advise anybody to do something like that. Yes, again, as I said earlier, he could have been a part of a dynasty in Oklahoma City. Maybe, maybe not. But he definitely could have at least won one championship with Oklahoma City. One. You would think they would at least have won at least one championship. One. But he chose to move on. He chose to move on. He chose to do what he felt was right, and that is, in some respect, chase the money, chase the check. Can't argue with a man who chased the check. I mean, he's not hurting anybody by chasing that check, so I can't argue with him. I can't argue with the man at all. He chased the check. He got the check. He got the money. And now he's a leader of the Houston Rockets. He is their best player. He is their go-to guy. And he's proven as such the first two games. He is the MVP of the first two games. 
if that means anything, because there's 80 more left to be played. But he is the MVP of the first two games. Give him credit for that. And 45 and 37 is big-time numbers. 37 in game one, along with 12 assists, and 45 in game two, along with seven rebounds. So he's balling. He is absolutely balling. Absolutely balling right now. He truly is balling. But right now, looking at the West, the Clippers playing some good basketball. Houston, San Antonio, two teams playing good basketball. Oklahoma City, they're still there, still getting their production from KD, Westbrook. This is still a big-time basketball team. There's no getting around that. Yes, they're missing James Harden, but this is still a big-time basketball team. This is still a big-time basketball team. Oklahoma City is still a big-time basketball team. And they're still going to be there when it's all said and done. This is a team originally I had winning the championship. I had this Oklahoma City Thunder team winning the championship. After they made the trade and traded James Harden, I got off of it. And I think I might have got on to the wrong bandwagon, which was the Los Angeles Lakers. And, hey, it's only three games. It's only three games. And things can change. Things can change, but it's only three games. It's only three games. Only three games. So it all could change. And, and you look at Oklahoma City, Oklahoma City, Kevin Martin, the guy they brought in to replace James Harden, had 19 points last night. 19 points last night for Kevin Martin. And one thing you're going to get out of Kevin Martin, he can score. You might not get the same type of defense that you got out of James Harden, but he can score. And James Harden for Oklahoma City was an 18 points per game score. 18 points a game he averaged last year for Oklahoma City. Kevin Martin right now, again, it's only two games, but at 17 points. He's at 17 points, three assists, two rebounds. Coming off the bench, a la James Harden. Now, I'm not saying he's better than James Harden, because he's not. But he's a decent replacement for James Harden. He's definitely a decent replacement. Is he better than James Harden? No. Is he a decent replacement for James Harden? Yes. Yes, he is. He really is. And can Oklahoma City continue to be successful without James Harden and with Kevin Martin in the fold? Yes, they can. Yes, they can. Yes, they can. And I would be surprised if they weren't. They're going to be there. Oklahoma City is going to be there. They're going to be there. They are going to be there. And you look at James Harden, last year for Oklahoma City, averaged 16 points a game, three assists, four rebounds. 31 minutes a game. 31 minutes a game from James Harden a year ago. Obviously, that minute, that minute total is going to go up. Obviously, that points per game is going to go up. Those things are going to go up. It's going to go up. It's going to happen. He's going to. It's already happening. He's putting up big-time numbers. And I think he's going to continue to put up big-time numbers. On the low, you look at it, James Harden is one of the better two guards in the game, at least so far. He's demonstrating that, in some respect, he may have been underutilized in Oklahoma City. Maybe he was the one who... who 
And we always thought, and I always thought that, you know, obviously playing with Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, you're going to get some good looks. You're going to get some big-time looks playing with those two guys. There's no denying that. You're going to get big-time looks. Playing with those guys, you're going to get big-time looks. You really are. And he's getting the big-time looks. He's getting big-time looks. James Harden did a year ago to Oklahoma City. And right now, it doesn't matter. He's getting the looks, and he's getting it done with the Houston Rockets. He's balling. He is balling. And let's talk about the team that is balling, the Los Angeles Clippers. And let's bring in now one of the biggest Clippers fans there are, one of the better NBA fans in the league, maybe one of the best NBA fans in the league, the one, the only, Clipper Darrell. Clipper, how are you, sir? What up, baby? What up? How you doing? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. Man, hey, hey, I'm so high right now. I don't drink nor smoke. But, man, this high is not coming down till June, baby. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's hope. Let's hope it's only two games in. It's only two games in, and your Clippers, you look good last night beating the Lakers 105-95. to 95. Talk about that Clipper victory last night. Man, that I mean that that felt so good to have superstars in Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, Chauncey Billups, to see these guys flourish, man, and to have a great, great bench, man. We got two teams, man. We could run and gun, we could slow it down. Man, what kid this team can do, man? It's so beautiful right now to be a Clipper fan. I can imagine. I mean, I really can imagine. I looked at this team coming into the year. I really, really like some of the moves that they made. And one of the biggest moves, I think, was bringing in Jamal Crawford. I mean, that was a big move to me. I loved the move at the time. like it even more at this time. He had 29 big points against the Grizzlies, 21 big points last night. How impressed are you with Jamal Crawford? Six man of the year, baby. Sixth man of the year. That's how I'm impressed with J.C., baby. J.C. is my man. J.C. is the promised land, baby. He leads that second team, man. I mean, it, it's unbelievable, man. I, I, I mean, it's like all these years, man, I'm saying, is this what winning is all about? I am ecstatic right now, man. You got to be. You definitely got to be. I mean, the, the Clippers are not only winning, but they're looking good doing it. And they beat two playoff teams, the Grizzlies and the Lakers. So you you, you got to be excited. But Clipper, I got to caution you. How can you keep up with this high? You got 80 games left, including the playoffs. You, you're going to burn. You're going to crash and burn, man. Never, baby, never. You look at Chris Paul's eyes. He has the eyes of the tiger, baby. And he is so relentless, man. He leads this team. With, with, he leads the first team, Jamal Cross leads the second team, and then Eric Bledsoe just comes in and does his thing, man, and out, man. It's, oh, man, this is, this is so fantastic right now, man. Whoa, I'm getting, I'm getting goosebumps right now, man. <laughs> Are you, it almost sounds like you're about to cry. Man, hey, this is, man, this is like, you know, if this is a dream, don't wake me up right now. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out. Yes, 
I, I know it feels good right now, and it's got to feel good. I mean, you're a Clippers fan, lifelong. You've been there when it was bad, and now you're there when it's good. So this definitely has to feel good. But I, you can't keep this up for 80 games. You you cannot keep up this energy for 80 games. It's impossible. Hey, 80 games. I've been doing it for 20 years, baby. Hey, I got energy, baby. Let's bring it, baby. Bring, bring on Golden State tonight, baby. We got two teams. Matter of fact, we might throw in our third team for Golden State tonight, man, because we need the rest. <laughs> You got it. Obviously, you have energy for days. You were in the building last night? Oh, definitely, man. Section 103, baby. Talk about the buzz that was in the building last night. Oh, man. I mean, hey, every time I went up and did my Let's Go Clippers chant, uh, every time I did my Let's Go Clippers chant, they kept uh, they kept booing me, you know. So, you know, it's all to the good. I mean, Laker fans are supposed to do that. That's what, you know, that's what the game is all about, you know, but, but – you know, to, to see the support of Clipper fan that was in the building last night, wearing the jerseys, cheering, cheering the team on, you know. And it's crazy, even though there was Laker fans there, I mean, majority was Laker fan, 90% was Laker fan. When Blake, when, when DeAndre Jordan did that put-back dunk, that was right, sick. the place erupted. That was sick. You know, that was a sick dunk. Oh, man, it, it, it was unbelievable, man. I mean, this is this, this what this team has right now. I mean, it's, it's, it's the continuity, man, the chemistry. The, um, I mean, look how the guys, man, I, I even look at what they're doing now. The people that are sitting on the bench that's on the I.L., they're dressing in the same color suits. Last night, the first night, it was um, the first <laughs> night that they had all black suits on, right? Look like men in black, right? Last <laughs> night, they came in in gray suits. I'm waiting on what they're going to come in tonight, baby. You know? <laughs> man, this is unbelievable, baby. They ain't coming with the Clipper Down suit. No, man. If they bust out with a Clipper Down suit, I'm going crazy. You should have been there on Halloween, though. I, I, had about, I, had about, I had about three or four people dressed up like me on Halloween. Matter of fact, if you go to my website, you can check it out. And, and man, it is so, it was so funny, man, to be honored like that, man, on Halloween, man. I was like, man, people went out there and spent the money and bought the suits, man. Wow. You know, wow. even even a girl dressed up there, it was a white a white female, had black makeup, had the goatee, <laughs> and put the suit on, man. You got you to gotta check it out. <laughs> wow, I mean, it, it has got to be pretty exciting uh, to see that. I mean, you're, you're, you're known, man. I mean, uh, you know, imitation is the biggest form of flattery, and you got a lot of people imitating the great Clipper Down. You talked about Chris Paul and looking in, into his eyes and how driven he is. Right now, man, he, he's off the charts, and he was off the charts last night. 18 points, 15 assists. Man, how impressed are you, you with Chris Paul, man? How impressed are you? How impressed? How impressed? 2 baby. 2 MVP, baby. <laughs> That's how impressed I am. CP3 for MVP, baby. All, all <laughs> Jamal Crawford, sixth man of the year, baby. I'm telling wow. you, man. I'm, I'm telling you. Do not, do not, do not, do not count us out, okay? I'm telling you. I, as a Clipper fan, and you've been knowing me a long time, and as a Clipper fan, I never talked June. I never talked championship, baby. But now I can say the C word, baby. We can actually say the C word as Clipper fans, man. Q 
excited now. I know you're very excited, but I I gotta I gotta throw this out there. Blake Griffin, he in the off season signed the extension. Chris Paul did not. He didn't sign the extension. Granted, if he signs later, he can make more money. But are you concerned about the possibility of Chris Paul not being a Clipper after this season? I am I am not concerned whatsoever, man. Chris Paul is here to stay, baby. He loves L.A., and we love Chris Paul. <laughs> so he will. So let, let me let me let me get this then. Make a prediction. Chris Paul will be here after this season. He will be in L.A. You know what? Chris Paul is an old man, and I never predict what a, another man will do. But. Uh, we'll wait till the summer for that. Right now, I want to concentrate on all these victories, baby. Going after the Pacific Division champ. We ain't never had a banner up there, man. We can be the Pacific Division champions, the Western Conference champions, and the NBA champions all in one year, baby. That's a dream come true. Wow. Wow. And dreams do come true. And we'll see if they come true for you. And we're talking to the greatest, one of the greatest fans out there, greatest NBA fans out there, Clipper Darrell. And, and Clipper, the Lakers last night, they didn't look good, haven't looked good throughout the course of this season. 0-3 right now. You saw it up close and personal. What's wrong with the Lakers? The Lakers is over. And it's, and, and it's good. 
You know, his defensive presence is outstanding. His offensive, I mean, he got a little 10, 15-footer, you know, but Shaq, Shaq didn't make his free throws either. But he still won five rings, I mean, three rings right. with Shaq. So, you know, you can't you can't keep making excuses for these guys because they don't make free throws, know why you don't want to give them the ball, you know. Now, but I will say this. He's not he's he's dominating, but he was not he's not as dominating as Shaq. He, you know Shaq why? was on another because level of dominance in comparison to I Dwight. I believe Dwight can be that can be that dominant, but what happens is when you have another superstar on your team that wants all, that that you 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 come into a new team and you're trying to respect. That's what happens. See, Dwight right now is respecting Kobe as the number one guy because he don't want to say he's the number one guy. So he, I don't think he's showing what he can actually do right now because until Kobe goes to him and says, hey, Dwight, do your thing, baby. Do you. Do you. When, when Kobe can go to everybody on that team and say, hey, everybody do them. Let's play. Right. Then everybody will feel more comfortable. But everybody's worrying about how Kobe's going to feel. You don't. Know? And what's gonna happen? You know, you know how you know. You know that, that's all it comes down to be. You know, but the Lakers gonna be definitely be all right. But you know, second round. I, I believe they'll make it to the second round. You know, they have a second round exit, and and the Clippers will be in the Western Conference Finals. You know, I'm considering against uh, you know OKC. You know, might be San Antonio. You know, and, and you know, and then, then we move on to the finals, baby. <laughs> now, okay, so you're saying the Clippers. Now, I've heard you throw a prediction of 55 wins out there. Will the Clippers be the number one seed in the Western Conference? That I don't know. That I can't say. That you know, with you know, now with OKC, with OKC doing what they did with James Harden, I can see it winning the the, West, the whole division now. I can actually see it because because we was in the top three before. It was out of us, the Lakers, and OKC, but with them. I can, I can see OKC dropping down to like number four or five because of the loss of uh, James Harden and bringing okay. in the, in the new faces. So, yeah, definitely, I can see it. Well, well, I will say this to you. While I agree with you, I thought the trade was bad. If you look at Kevin Martin and you look at James Harden, their minutes are the same. They both play roughly about 31 minutes a game. Kevin Martin actually averaged more points than James Harden. And, and granted, Kevin Martin was more of a go-to guy than James Harden was with Oklahoma City and when Kevin Martin was with the Houston Rockets. Now, I mean, I, I agree with you. I, thought it was, I don't think it was a good trade. I don't think it was a good trade. I, I thought they should have just waited to see what happens at the end of the year. I understand why they did it. I just thought they should have waited. And that, me too. I mean, that was, that was the craziest move I've ever seen because they had, a, they had a, a good chance for a title run again. They had right. a very good chance. They had the same team. They had a, a couple of additions, you know, didn't change too much, and they was coming back. I mean, it throws the chemistry off. Now, Kevin Durant has to get used to Kevin Martin, you know, and then you got to get, you know, Russell Westbrook involved. And, you know, come on now. I mean, and he's not a James Harden. James Harden's an open three, three-point three shooter. He played solid defense. Kevin Martin does. Right. True. You know, come on now. So. But I will say about Kevin Martin, he gets to the foul line, he can score the basketball. It's not an off, it's not an awful move. It's not an awful move, but it wasn't the type of move I don't think I would have made because you're that close. You're that close, and you don't know if you ever get that close again. You don't know. You don't know. But we'll see. I mean, we'll see. And, and I got this to ask about this whole James Harden thing. I mean, 
basically it came down to essentially $25 million. If Tipper Darrell was in that particular situation, would he walk away from $25 million? At, at 20, what? How old is James Arden? 22, 23? Uh, I think he is about 23, yeah. Yeah, no. I, I would never walk away from 23, 25 million dollars. You can't. Yeah, right. I mean, you, you, you're asking somebody to go from to go from three million a year to 15 million a year or 12. You know, come on, man. I mean, that's that, that's life changing. But I, uh, well, how about this? I mean, money doesn't bring happiness. But let's let's put it to you this way, okay? Would you choose? Let's let's break it down this way. If he stays with Oklahoma City, he signs a four-year, $52 million deal, right? And Oklahoma City becomes a dynasty. Because it's very possible that Oklahoma City could become a legitimate dynasty. It could happen. Let's just say he does that. Would you rather choose that, or would you rather go to Houston, get the extra $25 million, and your maximum ceiling would be Western Conference Finals? You've got to go get your max money. That's bottom line. You gotta you gotta make your money. When you're in your thirties, then you come back and say, "Hey, I'm going for the ring now." But right now, you gotta get you gotta you gotta maximize you gotta maximize who you are. You know because, right. it, because if, if if he don't if he don't take the max deal now, what happens if he get hurt? That's true. No, that's true. Any, anything can happen. So you you, you gotta go after the match right now because you gotta you know secure yourself for the, you know for the rest of your life. No, I, mean, I, and I don't think anybody, you can't argue with what James Harden did. I mean, $25 million is $25 million. There's no getting around that. that that's a lot of money. And I, I don't think in your right mind you could walk away. Unless God taps you on the shoulder directly and tells you, do not walk away from $25 million. Walk away from $25 million. Unless God tells you directly and you hear him directly, you can't walk away from $25 million. You just can't. You can't. Exactly. Exactly. Because cause people try to say it was like a four or five million dollar difference. I said no, it, it, it wasn't because that extra year give you that twenty that twenty million. Come on. Right. right. You just can't do it. Now, if they would have said five years, okay, we give you five years, seventy five million. You walk away from five. Then I say, okay, you, you you're being kind of cold because you know it's a salary cut now. Right. But no. uh, but for twenty, nah, you twenty five. Oh no, never. No, you can't. You can't. I, I, I wish James all the best over there in Houston, man. You see, and you see what he's doing. Putting up big time numbers. Big man. time numbers. Making big time money and putting up big time numbers. It's it's, it's great to be James uh, Harden, twenty three years old, eighty million dollar contract. Wow, that's uh, what a life, what a country we live in. I mean, that's that's, that's great to be James Harden. And, and Daryl, you talked about your website. You got some great things going on at your website. Tell us about it. Yeah, my website is on everything that I do, everything I talk about. Uh, you know, I've been I've been a part of some great events in the past a couple of months. I was the MC for CP3 the shoe shoe line. You know, along with Adrian Crockett, I was a co MC with him. I was co co MC at Blake Griffin's uh, Red Bull Red Bull uh, Dunk Contest. Well, with with uh, with my co MC uh, Mouthpiece. And I and and we, were, and and we were judges for that event. And you know, plus I do a lot of charitable events and going out. But after the website, the website keeps you informed. You know, shows you what I, you know, where I'm at. My everything. You follow me on Twitter and everything. And let's have some fun. I do respond to all emails, and I respond myself. 
don't. I don't have, you know, I have management, but I don't have, you know, I, I respond myself because I like to interact with my fans. I like to interact with people that want to talk to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Definitely. So I, and and, 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 and what's the website again? Yeah. It's com. It's C-L-I-P-P-E-R-D-A-R-R-E-L-L. And they can also okay. follow me on uh, Clipper. At, I mean, on, on Twitter at Clipper at Clipper Girl, and Facebook also. But they got to go to my Facebook fan page because my regular fan page is full. I mean, my regular uh, page is full. So if they look me up on Facebook, because if they go to my website, they can go straight straight to my fan page and add themselves and talk. You can talk to me there, and I respond to you all the time. I like that. I, I love to have fun with the fans, man. That's that's what it's all about, man. Because I'm a fan. I'm a fan of this game, and I love the N. <laughs> and definitely, I, I would agree with you. I mean, this is going to be a big-time year for the NBA. A lot of storylines, a lot of great teams, a lot of great players. The NBA is in good hands for the next year, next few years now. I mean, it's in very good hands. The NBA is back. It's back. In full effect, baby, in full effect. <laughs> definitely. And let's make sure we get this prediction right. You're telling me 55 wins. And an NBA title? I'm saying 55 wins in Western Conference Finals, we will be there. So that's, that's that's, like that. You're guaranteeing at least an appearance in the Western Conference Finals? Yes. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll hold you to that. 55 wins. Pacific Division champions? I'm looking at Pacific Division champions. Okay. Anything could happen after that. After we get to the Western Conference, anything could happen after that. Okay, it so let's depends let's... on the matchup, depends on the injury, it depends on a lot, lot of scenarios. But our bench is deep, and we got a lot of camaraderie right now, and it's going to be a beautiful, a beautiful 2012-2013 season for the Los Angeles. Okay, so let's let's make sure we have this straight: 55 wins, Pacific Division title, and a Western Conference type, Western Conference Finals appearance, at least. Yes. Okay, okay, I, I got you down for that. And we'll see how this whole thing plays out. Fans, make sure you go to ClipperDarrell.com. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, at ClipperDarrell. Darrell, it was a pleasure talking to you, man. We wish you nothing but the best of luck. Before you get out of here, I need a Let's Go Clippers chant. Let's go, Clippers, let's go. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get out of me, man. Always a pleasure. Take care. <laughs> Clifford Dow, big time NBA fan. He's one of the biggest NBA fans out there. His Clippers, his Clippers are two and zero. His Clippers right now are on top of the Pacific Division. His Clippers right now look like they're going to be a very very good basketball team this season. Look very good. Look very formidable. They have a lot of talent. Uh, a lot of players. It's going to be a big-time situation for the Los Angeles Clippers. It really is. And we shall see how this whole thing plays out. But the Clippers right now, 2-0. Clipper Dell's excited. He says he can keep his energy for the next 80 games. I don't know. I don't know. It's going to take a lot of Red Bull and a lot of coffee to, to, to sustain that type of energy. It, it's definitely going to take a lot to sustain that type of energy, the type of energy that he has right now. He has a lot of energy. The Clippers, the Clippers are 2-0. The Clippers 
are playing big-time basketball right now. But there's only two games in. we got 80 games to play. It's a marathon, not a sprint. A lot of basketball that's got to be played before we can start crowning people. I want to thank Devin Alexander for stopping by. IBF welterweight champion. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at DAlexanderReal. Also want to thank the great Clipper Darrell for stopping by. ClipperDarrell.com. Follow him on Twitter at ClipperDarrell. And also we want to thank our Hall of Famer, 11-time Pro Bowler, the great Willie Rowe. You can listen to this show and other great shows at blogtalkradio.com slash pgam where you can listen to this show and other great, great shows. Follow us on Twitter at go for again. Follow us on Twitter at go for again. Listen to this show and other past shows at blogtalkradio.com slash pgam. Great show for you today. It was a great time talking to our various guests and talking sports and having fun doing it. For everybody out there, Hope all is well. See you later. Take care. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.